Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. Janet Atkinson here with you this week, and we are joined by Joby Young. He is the Executive Vice President of the American Farm Bureau Federation. Uh, You're based out of Washington, D.C., but here we've had the chance to actually catch up in Kansas City, Missouri, during the National Association of Farm Broadcasting annual meeting. And the timing turns out real well with this farm bill. Let's touch on that first. Uh, Did you find it surprised that they were going to move forward with an extension? Well, it's always a big debate or has been a big debate the last couple of months about uh, government funding. And and we were happy to see that the government funding, uh, temporary government funding measure went through and it carried with it a a one year extension on the farm bill. And so that's a very temporary positive thing. Of course, the prior 2018 farm bill uh, expired on September 30th. So that what that extension does is is make sure that all those programs uh, are not expired and eliminate some of that uncertainty out there in farm country. Uh, you know, for now, but but we are continue to focus on uh, on a five year bill. We need a new farm bill. We need to move forward, uh, as, you know, as quickly as possible. And we hope to, you know, when the Congress comes back uh, in the beginning of the new year, that they can get to work and hopefully find the floor time in the House and Senate for a farm bill, amongst all the other things going on. Get that committee consideration done and move a new farm bill forward. Were you surprised in any of the discussions that took place prior to them actually going ahead and making forward with the extension? Well, you know, those uh, those are high stakes negotiations, you know, and there's a lot of different ideas about government funding. And and, uh, you know, they've they've been working on various appropriations bills and and some of those have been successful in the House and others have not. And uh, so it's definitely been a mixed picture. And and uh, through all that, we were happy to see that one really critical piece for the agriculture community and really everybody uh, uh, sneak through with a farm bill extension uh, because there's so, there is so much going on. And uh, the fact that the uh, the new speaker of the house came in, one of his first things that he outlined amongst his list of priorities was passing a farm bill. And so, uh, so that's a, that's a great thing. He, uh, for those that aren't, may not be familiar with uh, speaker Mike Johnson, he's actually won the friend of farm bureau award a number of times down there in Louisiana. So, uh, we consider uh, him to, you know, had, had a lot of great potential to be an ally and, and friend on ag issues. And it was good to see that one of the first things he did was make sure that farm bill extension got put in there. So as we look ahead to the new year, and I asked Sarah Wyatt with AgriPulse this year a couple of weeks ago, but uh, as we look into the new year, we're coming into the presidential election. Uh, an extension is a one-year extension. So, you know, it expires before the end of the year in 2024, whenever we're now in the heat of the presidential election. What kind of interference does this risk? Well, we hope we don't make it that far. You know, and our push is going to be to continue that conversation, take advantage of this great momentum we have. I mean, the the agriculture leaders leaders on the committee have been out traveling around the country for months. They've been gathering stakeholder feedback. They've been to Missouri. I know, you know, Senator Bozeman's been in Missouri. Uh, uh, Chairman Thompson's been in Missouri. Others uh, gained that feedback other places in the country. They've taken all that back. They've put pen to paper. Uh, they've been working through the issues, finding the places where there's agreement, finding where they are, those areas where they need to have uh, ongoing negotiations and resolve disagreements. So all that momentum's there. It's sitting there right now. We have it, and, and we want to continue that push. We have uh, a lot of stakeholder agreement you know, across the country. We're a member of the, uh, in, uh, at American Farm Bureau, many of the state farm bureaus, with a coalition we started called the Farm Bill for America's Families. And so that's Farm Bureau groups, that's other ag groups, that's environmental group, conservation group, nutrition groups, all come, business groups all coming together and saying, hey, a farm bill is critically important for ag country, for those other 96% of Americans who aren't in ag but depend on our farmers and ranchers for their food supply and, and the clothes they wear on their back and other things. And so, uh, 
everybody's pushing forward on this and we need to keep that momentum going and we're going to continue to work on that. Well, any well wishes that you'd like to share as we head into the holiday season? Well, of course, we want our whole uh, 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 Missouri Farm Bureau family and, and Farm Bureau members across the country to, to enjoy the time with their families and, and, the, and, and the time that we get to take a moment and be thankful. And uh, we're certainly thankful, I think, at American Farm Bureau, uh, we'd say for all the members we have that, that give us the ability to come, come to work every day and serve America's farm and ranch families and, and, and really help them carry their voice forward in all these conversations that we've been talking about. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. We appreciate it. And joining us here, Nafara Ahmad. She is Deputy Secretary for the USDA's Rural Development Agency. First of all, uh, you were reaching out to broadcasters to talk about rural broadband. Give us kind of an idea as we head into 2024, are there going to be some other opportunities for us to, to boost up our rural communities? Absolutely. And you're right. High-speed internet is so fundamental to how we operate. And USDA Rural Development has played a really critical role in bringing high-speed internet infrastructure to rural communities. In fact, over the last two years, we've been able to supercharge our flagship WeConnect program, which brings high-speed internet infrastructure to rural communities. And we put out two-plus billion dollars of money in that infrastructure to rural communities across the country. That means more households having access to internet, means more farms having Having access to internet and more businesses having access to internet and hospitals and educational institutions having access to high-speed internet. And that makes a big difference. You know, whether you are a small business on Main Street in your rural county trying to access the global marketplace, or you're a farmer engaging in precision agriculture, or a rural hospital trying to connect to your patients who may be hundreds of miles away, that high-speed internet infrastructure investment means something. And it's going to open up possibilities today and economic opportunities tomorrow. And it's not the end of it. Um, so we have um, another cycle of our ReConnect program that's expected to be open in early 2024. So there'll be more resources for high-speed internet and rural places coming soon. So as, as a rural Missouri resident, what does our community need to do to maybe get at the front of the line or at least get our name in the hat for some of these funds to help our communities? Absolutely. Well, um, the first thing to do is get connected to one of our USDA Rural Development offices. And one of the strengths that we have at USDA Rural Development is the fact that much of our staff lives and works in the rural communities that they serve. So you go on our website, you can click on your state and click on Missouri and see all the offices that are across the state and learn more about the program. But in reality, it's going to take partnership. So it, uh, how high-speed internet is deployed in a rural community looks different. You know, we always say you've been to one rural community, you've been to one rural community. So if you've got a tougher geographic terrain, you might need a different solution than another place. And so oftentimes what we see is it's a partnership between, you know, an internet service provider or perhaps a rural electric cooperative um, and a municipality and um, so oftentimes the state to come together, figure out the right strategy to apply for funds. Now, let's also transition. You mentioned, you know, our rural education uh, centers, also rural health care centers. They need that broadband. But you guys also have some programs available to help out uh, our rural health areas. Uh, whenever we uh, ran into each other at NAFB, of course, it was Rural Health Day. Uh, you guys recently announced a new partnership with the Rural Health Association. That's right. We did this because... 
we wanted to bring expertise and technical assistance to really help strengthen rural hospitals and health clinics. We know that there's been so many rural hospital closures over the past couple of years and decades, and the National Rural Health Association has a lot of expertise in helping rural hospitals figure out how to improve their business operations, how to make sure that the way they're operating is financially sustainable, because we want to keep those doors open to make sure that rural communities have access to primary care, to urgent care, and all the critical services they need. So we're excited about this partnership um, and investing in rural hospitals across the country. And, and as you mentioned, there's a number of rural hospitals, uh, you know, we lose some every year that have closed. Uh, some of these facilities have been closed for a short time. Some of these facilities closed for a very long time. What about these rural communities that know that they maybe need to have another health facility back uh, established within their community? Is there any opportunity for them as well? There is. So at USD Rural Development, we have a suite of programs that can help communities in different ways. And for rural hospitals and health clinics, one of those programs is called community facilities. And that really helps invest in that critical hospital infrastructure. It could be um, expanding a building or renovating a building to, to make it into a health clinic or to revitalize it. And that's one of our really important flagship programs. It not only can help with the infrastructure for a hospital and health clinic, but it can also be used for town halls and fire departments and anything that provides an essential community benefit. And that are those anchor institutions that we know are the bedrock of strong rural communities. And then what about putting our name in the hat for the funds or the opportunities that are available? I mean, is it good for our community to try and have somebody who is a grant writer? Do we have to fill out these grants? Is there partnership opportunities there? Yeah. So um, for say, for example, our community facilities program, it's a, a grant program, but we also have a direct loan part of that program and a guaranteed loan program. So we have a suite of different financial tools available and we'll f help you find the one that's sort of the right fit for the project that you have. In terms of how to actually access it, we're trying to do our best to make these programs as accessible as possible and reduce some barriers to entry because we know it can be really tough to apply for federal resources. And we know that firsthand because the communities we work with are rural communities who may not have an in-house grant writer. In fact, um, a couple of months ago, I was talking to a gentleman in Kentucky who was the president of his economic development district, but he was also the fire chief. And when I asked him, you know, who wrote the grants for his community, he said, oh, well, it's actually my colleague right here. And he introduced me to him and he was the police chief, right? So in rural communities, we have folks wearing multiple hats. And so we're doing everything we can to make our programs easier to access, to simplify applications where we can, because we don't want our programs to be too hard to access. We want to make sure our funding is getting to the places that need it most. Well, if folks wanted to find more information, whether it's on the broadband side or the rural healthcare side, where do they need to go? So two really important ways. One is, of course, you can look us up online. You can just uh, put USDA Rural Development into your search engine and learn more about our programs. We've got them all listed there, including how to understand if you're eligible for them. But another important way is actually to connect with our staff. As I mentioned, one of our greatest strengths is our staff that are in your state. So if you go on our website, you can click on your state, look at where our offices are, call that phone number, make an appointment, walk into one of our offices, and we can start to build a relationship and focus on the, the needs in your community. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. And Merry Christmas to you and your family as well as everyone else tuning in here to this week's podcast. Of course, you're listening to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. 